You heard it here first. Ivy League's focus on exams at that time of year. It's um, important. It is. It's the Harvard of the West. We yeah. understand. Yes. 50, the 40, the 30, the 20. Just a little over two weeks away after you guys read this. You waited till now to open that can. State. Oh, another thing. So I was at a party with my friend, with, with some friends of mine, and one of my friends brought his girlfriend. Apparently, she loves Montucky. Back, tribe from the north, brave and bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me, as always, today, I have TJ Hopkins. What's up, Vandals? Uh, this time, it's Brian Marceau's week to take the week off, but he will be checking in, don't worry. We also have the Godfather himself on the podcast today, all the way from across the world, Sean Kramer. What's going on? How are you doing? Really, really happy to uh, be back on the podcast and talk about my beloved Vandals. This is the most we've had you on, and we're, what, 35 seconds in since, like, what, a year and a half <laughs> a ago? A year ago. <laughs> a year ago. I mean, yeah, it might have been that. last year's football broadcast preview when we were all like, yeah, you know, that last game, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be playing for the playoffs, right? Yeah, it's, it's just whether we get seeded or not. <laughs> two loss, two loss season, <laughs> Oh, yes. and, the, and the guy we're all talking over and not letting get introduced is, of course, the fan favorite, Martin Heemstra. How is the the man from the best band in all the land doing today? Good, good. It's good to be back on the podcast again. I know. We, need, we needed you on last week. We had some, some fire getting spit from JMU. But we got everybody on. Reminder, today's episode, and just like every episode, is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Got another little crowded pod, but this one's going to be the most fun because we get to focus just pretty much entirely on our beloved Idaho Vandals, as Sean put. And if you listen, if you're an OG listener, this was one of the funniest podcasts I think we did last year because at the end of the year we had a chance to go look back at all of it and really reflect on how well we did and had some funny, funny you know, statements that we all made. Um, but hopefully this year we'll have a lot more statements, but with a little less regret, uh, with a better season and a lot of I told you so moments. But with that, let's hop right into reading the Argonaut. I'm going to mix this one around a little bit. We do have huge news out of the president's office, and that is we have a new athletic director. Mm-hmm. And I, we're going to do a – we're trying to get her on, but you know we felt like – it's such fresh news. We do have to cover it a little bit. So I want everybody in three words or less to explain how you feel about this athletic director hire before we do a deeper dive into her in a later podcast. And Sean, if you don't mind starting since it's been a while since anyone's been graced with your presence on the podcast. <laughs> uh, my three words are incredible, excited, and experienced. Just a brief blurb on that is we we got uh, an administrator from a very successful athletic department in the Big Ten Conference. She has experience with you know working with Title IX. Um, she has experience working with women's programs, which is really huge at our university. You know uh, we are so proud of how successful our women's teams have been, and so we have it. We're bringing in someone who understands the importance of that, and I I. I just think this is a better hire than than I was expecting. I'll go next, and I'm going to say much needed change. I think Terry is going to add 
like Sean, you just covered it. She has experience at like she's put on or said in her introductory press conference, a uh, athletic department that is the envy of a lot of those around the country. And bringing someone like that in after, especially how Dr. Spear went out, someone with the Title IX experience, I, I couldn't, don't think you could have made a smarter hire. And I think it goes to show that C. Scott Green um, was also in itself a good hire. And I think we're off to a really good start, and I hope we do claim that lost decade. TJ? Yeah, you guys covered a lot of it. <clears throat> so mine are pretty basic. Scary Terry. She's going to be fearless. I know that. Um, I think she's already called out Boise State, which is awesome. Love to see that. Uh, energized. She's looking to change things around. And Big Ten, like you said, that, that, that program is so awesome to come from. And it's awesome that we got her. Martin, what are your, what are your three words for the Terry Gallick hire? Excited and uh, fresh air. Just bringing in some bringing in new, new energy. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think you got to be excited, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If you're not, there's something wrong with you. There's also something else that you need to be excited about. This podcast is coming to you on the 22nd or the 22nd day of August 2019, which means you need to get your ass to the Kibbe Dome by 7 p.m. tonight as your University of Vandal or University of Idaho Vandals face that school down south, the Riverside Tech Donkeys, in the Kibbe Dome for the first game of the season for soccer. So. We got, we got a lot to prove this year. Vandals were picked fourth in the Big Sky. They actually had six first-place votes. Um, they've been a real competitive team as of recent, so make sure you go support. It's one of the funnest games. I know I'll be watching it on Pluto TV, so for all of you out there that aren't in Moscow, get your Pluto TV app, test it out for the season, and go watch Idaho play uh, Boise State in the in the Dome. Mm-hmm. Anybody else got want to add to why if they needed another reason why they should go check out the women's – soccer team beat up on Boise State that's gonna be at 10 in the morning in Taiwan and I'm still gonna get my ass up to watch that on Pluto TV because this this women's soccer team has has given us a lot of reason to be proud of this of this university in some years when maybe football and basketball hasn't so get out there uh, I remember a couple years ago what did we get a couple thousand people in that QB dome for that game I think it was 4700 or something like that let's do that again Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack. An ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are donated to local Idaho causes, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Feed Bank. Yeehaw. That is freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator anglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. All right, jumping right into Around the Bar after that. Let's talk some Vandal football, boys. All right, Idaho was picked eighth. In the Big Sky coaches and media polls, I want to know, go through with all you guys, were they picked too high, too low, or just right? Sean? I think I think it's funny because last year the whole narrative was, you know, we don't we don't know what how good or how bad Idaho is going to be. And I think even after last year, there's still a bit of, well, we don't know because, okay, it was unprecedented to go from FBS to FCS. But it's also unprecedented 
to transition to a second year of FCS from FBS. So a lot of people don't know, okay, are we going to be able to make those adjustments because we have talent or, or not? And so I think last year we were given the benefit of the doubt. This year they've taken the benefit of the doubt away from us, and it's like, okay, prove it. So in that, in that regard, eighth place is totally fair. But I also think a lot of people would not be surprised if Idaho was able to make a good second-year adjustment and you know, fight for fifth or, or, or fourth. And, of course, uh, we w- I'm sure we'll talk about this a little later. A lot of that hinges on the production of, of the quarterback. So I, I think these uh, being picked eighth is, is more than fair. Martin, what's your thoughts on the eighth place finish? I, I think finish. it's fair after not living up to expectations of maybe coming in and competing for a playoff. They have to go out and earn it this year, and I think eighth place, eighth place is right and lights a fire underneath the players to go out and prove themselves this year. I, I think that being picked eighth uh, in the Big Sky Coaches and Media Poll I think there's something to be said about having both the coaches and the media pick us in the same spot. I believe last year we were actually kind of significantly different, like fourth and sixth or something like that. Sean touched on it. I think we got to prove a lot. The quarterback competition is going to have a lot to do with that. But I also think it comes down a bit to what TJ's touched on on a previous podcast, the fact that we have a completely new schedule kind of this year and the fact we're facing the whole other half of the big sky. So in a way, it's kind of like we're still in our first year in the Big Sky. We haven't faced the likes of Weber State or NAU uh, or Cal Poly. So we, we still have some learning. We don't have actual game film of them lining up against us yet. We have to do a lot like we did last year and find similar schemes that we've gone up against and tested on that. TJ, what are your thoughts? You know, I said it, it is a little bit too low, but it's also just right at the same time. It's all about being established in this in this conference, and obviously for those top four or five teams, you know, Eastern, UC Davis, Weber, Montana State, Montana, they're established, and they deserve the ranking that they get in the Big Sky every year because they're usually in the top five. You know, where it goes to the bottom of the conference a little bit is where there's some room for movement. And, you know, that that's what I would like to see is us – First of all, I mean, move above ISU and NAU, who are you know directly above us, but we also have something to prove at the same time. So it is a little low. It's it's tough to see them on eighth in the Big Sky, especially because you know what our football program could be. But we need to establish ourselves in this conference and hopefully move up this year to show them. We all understand that the conference place where it's all going to come down to, and where you place in conference is going to be the most important part of the whole season. There are national rankings to talk about, and there's a lot of outlets out there that allow that rank. Not just the whole FCS, but the FBS and FCS as a whole. We're going to be looking strictly at where we rank in some of the national rankings that do every team in the FCS. And then I want to kind of get your guys' idea on who closest picked where we are currently. Announcing that uh, we started this trend last year. We were going whoever picked Idaho the highest preseason was going to be our Tubbs at the club official 2019 rankings. Nice. Last year it was Hero Sports. They burned us a little bit with the yeah. Bennett rank. Uh, but this year we're using the computer versus simulator, which uh, they actually have us at 38, which is only two spots behind Montana, ironically. And then the Massey rankings, which is a popular one that does all of Division One football, has us at 49. And the Hero Sports Bennett rank, so the 2018 Tubbs at the club ranking system, has us at 52nd. I feel like that kind of puts you in – Almost three different tiers, obviously being 
30s, 40s, and then early 50s. Uh, I want to know if you guys think – I guess you could think none of these are close, but out of the three, who do you think was the closest? Or do you think we're you know, number 15 or number 100 and none of these got it spot on? Uh, TJ, let's start with you. You're usually Mr. Positivity. Yeah, <laughs> I might go a little bit different for this for this question. Um, I appreciate you going with the computer ranking there, 38th. That's that's really humble of us to, to go with that. But um, the Massey ranking does look like a good spot in 49, but I'm going to go with Hero Sports. Uh, I think you know they do such a good job of coverage across the whole FCS and kind of get a feel for you know where Idaho would sit and I, th- I think we do have the athletes to be at a higher ranking um, but you know that just is depending on each position and it's funny a year ago talking about this how we were you know going through the season talking about contending for a national championship and now you know I'm agreeing with the lowest ranking that we have on here but it just goes to show that you know this this conference this league isn't to mess around with so you know if you have a bad season they'll rank you the way it is and I think 52 is pretty fair and should light a fire under our ass to, to move up. So my next question for everybody then, uh, or I guess what I want to ask you and then everybody else to be aware of, is the fact that the Hero Sports Bennett rank is still a computer ranking, so mm-hmm. it's not actually Brian McLaughlin or Sam Herter doing it. It is totally based off how they're judging strength of schedule, offense rank, uh, and then obviously your your schedule. So I want to do you still stick with the Hero Sports? Now yeah, that you I know it's not Brian. You just trust – do you I, think we're more of a 52nd rank? Yeah, team? I think everything that they put in, obviously, too, has 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 the output of that 52nd rank. So okay. uh, I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I just want to make sure that yeah, yeah you didn't know, it's not Brian and Sam doing this one. I'm gonna go with TJ and say the Hero Sports because I think we're better than half, but I think we're just about we're kind of just above like half the we're above just above half the half of the FC, other FCS teams, and I think this will think they're close like most teams like guessing most playoff fcs teams are probably close to above the halfway point i think they're right there in that right there in that ranking but sean which uh, ranking do you think about best emulates where idaho is right now yeah i i think the massey ranking or the or the hero sports bennett rank um which is just really disappointing because from an FBS standpoint, you're like, okay, 49, 52, right there in the middle, top half. But when you're talking about the FCS and there's only 84 programs, it's like if you're really not in that top 25 conversation, you're really not on the right track. So um, I, I do think that the Bennett about 52 is right, but that, boy, that's just really upsetting though, isn't it? If you do include the HBCUs, Independence, and Ivy League, the FCS does have 128 programs. So it it is a little deeper than almost 90. So it's not it's not as bad. Uh, but that kinda... oh oh, but those are the those are the schools that don't participate in the playoffs, right? Correct. Uh, the HBCUs okay. can, but it's weird because their top two teams have to go. To play like to, to the bowl game yeah and yeah. then so if a team's good enough that finish second then they can go like nca and t did i think two or three years ago but it, it's rare um and then mm-hmm. obviously the ivy leagues focus on exams at that time of year mm-hmm. it's uh, important it is that's the harvard of the west we yes. understand yes uh, yeah of course yeah yeah I, I i'm gonna go probably with sean though on the on the matthew ranking i do think lawrence kind of hit the nail on the head in our last podcast where he brought up I do think there are a lot of good teams and a lot of bad teams in the FCS. 
the bottom half of the FCS could easily lose the most D2 programs, where the bottom of the FBS I don't think would lose to the majority of the top half of the FCS, and that's controversial. Uh, I know uh, I get NDSU and like JMU and Eastern would probably beat a lot of bad teams in the FBS, but I I don't see like the fifth best team in the CAA beating the second to last place team in the Sun Belt after playing that whole season too. And that's my opinion. And with that being said, I think that Idaho is definitely in the upper half of teams, even though for how we don't do well and we're picked eighth in the big sky. I think 10 teams in the big sky are better than a hundred or, you know, 80 teams in the FCS. I think Mm -hmm. between the big sky, the CAA, the Missouri Valley, I, and, you know, I'll give the Southland and, I'll, you know, some of the other conferences that are in and out every once in a while a, a cut there as well with, like, Nichols and McNeese. But most of these conferences have teams that have just never, ever been good. Uh, I, and with that, I, I do want to almost say the versus rankings because um, I do think maybe in a realistic world where you played a round-robin tournament, ten teams in the big sky could easily advance into the later rounds mm-hmm. any, any given year over any Northeastern Conference or Pioneer League teams. But with that being said, Idaho has a lot to prove this year, so I'll, I'll go with the middle saying we're in the, in the top 50 uh, with room to grow. All-American watch. We did get two All-Americans. According to Stats, uh, FCS, and which kind of works as the AP in the FCS, and Hero Sports, Noah Johnson was first team, and Kate Coffey was second team. According to Athlon uh, Sports, the you know magazine that comes out every year, in their preview, they had Noah and Cade as first-teamers. Do you guys think this is obviously preseason? My question for you is we're doing the review show at the end of the year. Anybody else make this list? Do you think maybe there's another couple good punters or offensive linemen and maybe these guys move down or move off the list completely? I just kind of want to know for the people out there, who are some players – at the, that could make the postseason All-American list. And uh, with that, I'm going to start with – let's start with Martin. Nice. I'm going to go – maybe I'd say it might be a surprise to some, but I think Noah might – Noah Alice might get first team. All might break in there and get first team all – make get in on the first team All-Conference or first team All-American. Uh, from what I've seen from Colton and just all his videos, I I believe he's going to tear up some offensive lines in the big sky this year. Yeah, and I guess I'll just open this up. I don't. I guess we shouldn't do this as a either or kind of deal because we could all name it. So I guess anybody think anybody other than Noah has a shot at kind of making All American at the end of the season. What about uh, Jeff Cotton? Right, I think we were all pretty big on him last year. Yeah, I'm thinking. I I have him listed as possible All Conference. I think there's so many good wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. if 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 somehow we are able to get our offense to be able to throw down the field and take the top off of defenses. And <laughs> we understand that what's going on there, but I mean, he averaged 13 yards, a, a catch last year when our offense wasn't able to do that. Just imagine the things he would be capable of if we could open up our offense a little more. Yeah. I, and uh, I, I think one person I'm going to throw out there is, I think Nikhil Nair, as a freshman All-American, uh, moving on. Wow, <laughs> we're going back to last year. You're <laughs> never, ever going to be able to let go of him, are you? Not until Nathan uh, Crisco or Cisco or whatever his name is starts throwing the rock. 
all conference players, both Noah and Cade. Actually, I'll throw this up. Cade could possibly get second team kicker too. All of our away games are in warmer weather places this year, as opposed to Bozeman and Eastern Washington. Some higher so, elevations too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know how far he'll be able to punt and kick the ball in Flagstaff? Or Laramie. Yeah, and Laramie. Uh, we're gonna have in Northern Colorado. He's. Yeah. All of our away games are set up for him to just kill it. So get, acro- get across the 50. We're going to have some out there. Yeah, yeah we're going to have – between his punting and field goal kicking and three of our road games are high altitude, and one of them's in a dome. Well, and as, as Sean lightly put it, you know, if we can open up our offense, which I thought was well-worded there. <laughs> but, you know, if we can get some points on the board from him. True. Yeah, Hopefully he doesn't have to kick a lot of field goals. But mm-hmm. all, all conference watch list. This should – Caden, uh, Noah were both – unanimous first teamers only two or three players were voted unanimous to the first team my guess is the third without looking it up is probably dante olson at montana but could be wrong this one we should probably be able to throw a couple more people out there we already hit on uh noah ellis so that makes sense uh anybody else kind of think there's somebody else out there that could make all conference first or second team come end of year TJ's giving me the head shake. Mm-mm. I think Sean's I, Jeff Cotton pick could think, what, there are six receivers that make the all-conference team? I think Jeff Cotton could make an all-conference team. Martin, it sounds well, yeah, like you he, had, he had He had seven touchdowns last year. Like, if he gets double-digit touchdowns, he's getting some recognition. Yes. He could be very much Idaho Sammy at Kent. What if it was a hot take and it was Mason Petrino up there and just completely shocked the world? Oh yeah, you heard it first. We will listen. We'll listen a couple months. You know, I I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. You know, I'm just well. Yeah, if just, Mason, you know, if Mason keep Petrino, your money in your pocket. Yeah. If Mason Petrino makes all conference, nobody's opposed to it. Because uh-uh. <laughs> if he makes all conference, it means we probably went pretty freaking deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's so, go. No one makes all. No, conference. Mason Petrino, all conference, baby. Let's hot go. Take, Let's go. Pretty, you, you heard it here first mm-hmm. on our roller derby. Uh, I, I think Noah. I think Christian Ellis has Christian, a shot. Yeah. Uh, with all the tackling, uh, I know Martin's guy, Satchel Ancelotti. Uh, Ancelotti ah, la, la. Martin, Escalante. Escalante, there it is. The safety, I think he's going to be good. I think Jinwright, uh, the transfer from Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that guy played in a Cotton Bowl. I think you're going to see a lot of improvement on our defensive end, and I think we, we might have a couple of second teamers. Uh, we're going to have more than two, I think, in the all-conference, that's for sure. Uh, and then, God. K Coffee could make kicker as well. All right, let's see here. All right, we're going right into the schedule prediction. Before we predict the schedule, everybody, Brian did not make the podcast. However, he did give us a review of what he expects from the season. I think we're going to play that real quick. It's a little five-minuter. We're going to play that, and then we'll all we, – none of us have heard it. I won't hear it till I edit it, so we can't judge anything off of it, which make the podcast exciting for us. And then we'll all be right back, and we're going to run through the schedule a little bit, and then we'll cover up some lasting points and hashtag STHCs after. But uh, let's hand the floor over to Mart or to Brian. Hey, Vandal Faithful. This is Brian. I'm here for a quick five-minute preview on the University of Idaho's 2019 upcoming football season. Now, I'm not going to go game by game because Chris and everyone else is going to do that later in the show. I'm going to go more big picture. And the first thing that I think all Vandals need to have in their head when we're thinking about what is our football team going to be or how is our football team going to do in the 2019 season is who are we in a good way. We don't know all of those answers. Now, last year, 
the jury is in. We know what the team was like last year. We had the third worst scoring offense in the league, scoring 24.9 points a game. Our season high against FCS competition was 31 points. We hit that twice. Five Big Sky teams averaged more than 31 points a game. So our offense, third worst, just wasn't good enough. If you're going to have a weak offense, you have to have a strong defense or you're just not going to be good. We certainly did not have a strong defense last year. We had the second worst scoring defense in conference, giving up 37.5 points per game. Uh, In particular, we were vulnerable through the air. Now, heading into this season, it's a new season, of course. And the questions we have are mostly on the defensive end. And I believe that's a positive thing. Now, first, we're going to talk about the offense. And the good good thing about Idaho's offense is we have elite skill position players, uh, specifically our wide receivers. Not only do we have some of the best wide receivers in the league, guys like Jeff Cotton, Cottrell Haywood, uh, but we also have depth, guys like DJ Lee, uh, guys like Connor Whitney, he's tight end. We have a stable of running backs who look solid. It probably there's a chance that this year it won't be just one name or one or two names. Like it has been for Idaho the last couple of years, with guys like Aaron Duckworth, uh, but we have strong position skill position players. Our big question is how strong is the line going to be? And the question that is always going to be asked by Vandal fans is what about the quarterback uh, from this far out? I know we have a competition, but I think it's fair to presume Mason Petrino is going to be the quarterback for this team for most of the season. That's how I'm going to talk about our offense. And if that's the case, I think our offense is going to be essentially what it was last year. And Paul Petrino, by the way, has already said so many, said that in so many words um, already. If you are following Colton Clark on Twitter, which you should, he's the best beat writer in the big sky. Paul Petrino is already saying the offense is going to be about ball control and trying to get our skill position players in space to get yards after the catch. Now that's the positive spin on it. The negative spin or the downside of that is we're going to, we can't stretch the field. And if you've seen Petrino play, you know, that's the case. Now the positive of Mason Petrino is he does not turn the ball over a ton, which is important. Uh, But for Idaho, I think we should expect our offense is going to be pretty similar to last year. It's going to be predictable for defenses to scheme against because we cannot stretch the field. Our offense is going to be more about ball control and just keeping the ball on our side in terms of times of times of possession, not as much as let's say Eastern Washington, where Eastern Washington scoring well into the thirties per game. That's just not us. So if Idaho is going to be good, if we're going to have an offense similar to last year, which all the evidence we have says our offense should be similar to last year. The big question is how good is our defense going to be? And the early returns, again, this is citing guys like Colton Clark, um, is that, our, is that our defense looks a lot better this year than it did last year, particularly at the defensive line. Now, in, in a good sense, Idaho's defense had a ton of turnover last year. Yes, we lost Kane Nellis to the NFL. Yes, we lost Ed Hall to graduation. Those are two big names. But we have about 10 new starters And I think that's great news because Idaho's defense was just not up to Big Sky competition last year. A lot of the guys we have coming in are transfers. Um, A lot of what, if you've been reading any of the beat reporting, if you've been listening to any of the interviews from Paul Petrino, he thinks there's a real good chance that Idaho is going to have the newcomer of the year on the defensive side of the football on its team. Is it feasible for for a team in the Big Sky to win? If your offense is not great, but your defense is strong, absolutely it's feasible. Idaho's team is going to have to be similar to Montana State's last year and Weber State's team over the last few years, 
where we don't hurt ourselves on the offensive end and we win games with defense and special teams. Now, we also we just talked about the defense a little bit, which the other guy is going to go more detail into individual recruits, uh, but also with special teams. When we won games last year, we did score points on, on special teams against teams like Portland State and North Dakota. Uh, but also, we've got one of the best kickers or punters in the conference in Cade Coffee, uh, So that's beneficial. So what is Idaho season going to look like? Well, if we're going to be strong, we're going to have to have a top four defense. If we want to talk about the playoffs at all, if we want to talk about being on the right side of 500, even though we have a more favorable schedule this year than last year, if we want to feel like Idaho's team is progressing and getting better, the question that we're going to have to see is, how elite is our defense? How strong is the talent that Paul Petrino recruited for this year? The early returns look like our defense is going to be much stronger, particularly at the defensive line. How does that look in the actual games? That's going to dictate how we do this year. I expect we're going to be around 500. I do not think our offense is going to be strong enough for us to be a playoff caliber team. But if our defense is elite, and if the talent that we have brought in, the guys like Paul Petrino, guys like Colton Clark have been telling us look much better than the guys from last year, we have a chance to be solid. But overall, I'm going to say this team looks close to 500. We have some toss-up games, which the, the guys will go through together. That'll really dictate how the season goes. We have a really tough non-conference. It'll be important for us right when the conference season rolls around to hit the ground running and grab some quick wins. If we can't grab early conference wins. It's going to be a long season. I'll see you guys next week. Go Vandals. Brian, bringing out some points there. Mm -hmm. We'll see if we all agree after we run through the schedule here. Starting off, first game of the year. Only almost just a little over two weeks away after you guys read this. You waited till now to open that can. Uh, (laughs) We're at Penn State at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. So that's like noon, everybody, not like midnight. On the Big Ten Network. Well, Sean, I'm going to have you lead off, I think, every single prediction. <laughs> Penn State, what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. All right. We're going to take the opening kickoff, okay? And we're going to go 50, the 40, the 30, the 20. And then we're going to get tackled, go three and out, miss the field goal, and then we're going to lose 61 to 10. Yeah, I'll say you spot on. They're going to lose. I'm not sure about the score, but I like Sean's point because I've seen that multiple times. I feel like every opening game that we play these, you know, large, large programs, we end up great opening drive. We we might score. We might get in there. Let's try for the field goal, blocked or missed. And then after that, it's just kind of rolling into halftime and and getting out of there. But, yeah, I'm going to go with a loss for that first game. I swear that happens every year, though. Yeah, I'm going to take the L on this one, too. No need to spend much time on it. We got a preview on it in a week, so we'll spend a ton of time on it there. But I have a starting out 0-1 as well. And Oh, this just in. Brian Marceau has sent me his picks, and he has a blowout loss as his prediction. Rationale, overpowered by Por- uh, Portland State. I hope we don't lose Portland State. Uh, Penn State's talent. Which brings us to our next game, what would be argued the most winnable game, Central Washington for the home opener. 6 p.m., that's a night game. First time in a while we've had one of those. That one will be on everybody's favorite, Pluto Sports TV or Pluto TV. Sean, win or loss? One thing that should be noted is no one should take Siwoo, uh, you know, for granted. They've actually been one of the 
powerhouse Division two programs um, in 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 the country. They recruit the Seattle area really well. Um, but I'll take a win here. Um, you know, I, I I think, geez, we should have more talent. We do have more talent. I think we are more talented than we were last season, and um, you know we. We usually do pretty well in these guarantee games, so I, I think it might be a little like, oh my God, what are we doing in the first quarter? And then by the end, uh, we'll we'll have it. We'll have it locked down. I got them to have them to get in the W as well, but I think kind of like what Sean said, I think it's going to be kind of like the, uh, it was the Western New Mexico game last year where they were like they was like they were only up by like, like one or three at halftime, but then this pulled away in the second half. I think they'll win, but it's going to be a close first half for the Vandals. No, that's a great point that you shouldn't take them for granted. Um, I think that we do handle these games pretty well, though, these kind of blowout games that we should have. Um, that Western New Mexico game was a little close, but pulled away in the end. But, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't take this game lightly from the uh, Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Their quarterback, Leif Erickson, coming out to play. Uh, Leif Erickson plays for Whitman. Mm-mm. I thought he played for Whitman. Is it CWU or Whitman? Oh. Uh, they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, no, I mean, you have a point. Yeah. They are one of the better D2 schools in the country by far. Uh, last year they had a down year. Our friend, um, God, I'm forgetting their call out, but when we had the recruiting special, that's where he attends and helps with the coaching and runs his recruiting website out of. Um, so very football active school. And I don't know where you guys are getting that we're good with these money games. Do you guys remember when we lost to Eastern Washington? That was supposed to be a money game. No, they took it seriously. Yeah, and, we gotta and, focus and Eastern Washington games. was one of the top FCS programs. Now we have one of the top FCS programs <laughs> coming in. Man, I, right, I remember that game really well. That yeah. was the one where we reported at the Argonaut that Dominique Blackman wasn't going to start. No one believed us until Logan Bushnell walked out for the opening snap, Bushnell. and we ended up scoring three points. Uh, <laughs> I am still going to give us the win. On a fact of that, Quick one. Logan Bushnell starts last year. Are we any better? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> we'll let Maybe. that one sit with the listeners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian Marceau has it as a win. His rationale, uh, Central Washington is D2. CW also is uh, coaches in year one, uh, Idaho rolls. So everybody has his uh, opening loss, home opener win. Uh, hopefully we get a little change of the tides here. We are in Laramie, uh, which, let's be honest, should be part of Big Sky Country. Uh, 2 p.m. Pacific on ESPN3. So we're, we got an ESPN game back to our Sun Belt and Independent Roots right there. Sean, how are we going to do against the Cowboys of Laramie? I really like that that we have a game like this on, on the schedule. I, I think we should hopefully be able to schedule more mountain west opponents uh, for out of conference because these are the ones where like even if we lose but we play well you can actually take something from that you know and i don't think we're going to win i mean i think wyoming is going to win comfortably but my my hope in this game is that you know, we can get some really good things going on defense that that we don't let them hit us over the top and that this is the game that we really okay we're one and two, but we've started to play well, and now we have something concrete, you know, to take home for the Eastern game. TJ, or sorry, Martin, Martin. Ooh. I think hopefully they can play well, but I still think they're gonna they're gonna lose the game. All right, that, that 
you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> probably not wrong. I guess I shouldn't be giving away my answers beforehand. TJ. I'm going to take the L on this one, um, but five field goals by Cade Coffey. All, all 50 yards plus. In plus, yeah. Uh, I agree with Sean, and I want to touch on that point too, that now that we're going to be one of the sh- – well, I know, we're running a deficit, so what am I talking about? But one of the stronger athletic departments now, and our travel costs have significantly decreased now playing in the big sky. If we're going to play money games, let's get out of the Penn State pockets. Uh, the Maybe, I mean, I'm not opposed, I guess, UW or Oregon. But let's play some Mountain West or, like, Wazoo, Oregon State-type local teams. Let's not go to Penn State. Let's not go to Florida, Texas a Let's be done with that. We don't need the, you know, million dollars to pay for 35 extra scholarship athletes. Um, let's play Wyoming, Utah State, Nevada. Let's play some of these traditional teams that we used to play in the WAC. Um, that being said, Wyoming, I think this year beats Boise State and wins the whole flipping banana in the Mountain West. So that would mean they would beat Idaho on my watch. Um, what does that mean for the myth, the man, the legend himself, Brian Marceau? He has an Idaho loss by about 10-ish. So he actually has the best odds out of all of us. He says Wyoming is vulnerable, but Idaho will not have enough offense for an upset. Well, that depends if Nikhil Nair is starting or not, Brian. Uh, next Colton game. Richardson. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Big sexy. Who is Colton Richardson? Eastern Washington, the Cold War game. Uh, the game that I would like to say that we caused with the help of Kyler Neal tweeting that they need to get this done with the opening. But realistically, we had no say in it. But we're going to pretend like we did. We also opened the Big Sky schedule on Root Sports with this non it's not conference for people that didn't know that you can schedule non-conference teams or conference teams out of conference because the Big Sky is like the only conference out west other than San Diego and the Pioneer. So it doesn't count towards conference record. That being said, it is a rivalry game for yeah, lack of it a matters. It matters. It matters a lot. a lot. There's a bad taste in our mouth. Sean, just where are you going with this guy? Can I can I add something else before Sean makes his pick? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I would I would like to also add who we think is going to be the starter because he said he wants to name a starter by the Eastern game. Who we think is going to be the starter? Who's going to be like start? Who's going to be the quarterback that walks out with the first team? The first the first 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 team offense for the first offensive series of the game. Are you talking for it's, this game or the season? Because I don't want to ruin... the Eastern game because Paul said he wanted to have he wanted to name a starter by by the Eastern game. Yeah, he's he's right. He's gonna he's gonna go with the with the multiple quarterbacks at Penn State, Central, and Wyoming, and then he wants to have a guy. I know that, but we have a hashtag asked ATC all about the quarterbacks. Ooh, thanks, Martin. So I don't know if I want to ruin the. I figured that would be a nice, fun. Let's bounce it back. But if you guys would rather talk about it here, well, I, I can just briefly say who I think is going to lead then, out that first series. And then but... we can discuss it later. We discuss it later. I it, I think it's gonna be Mason Petrino for for a multitude of reasons. But how that game will play out, we're gonna lose. Okay, we're 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 gonna lose. But oh. there's a difference between, but there's a significant difference between losing a hard fought game and just the way that we went to Cheney last season, and it's like we didn't even belong in the Big Sky Conference. And really, that's going to depend so much on our defense and our ability to defend long passes and 
get pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, they don't have Gage Gabrud anymore. He's 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 in Pullman. But, I mean, when when has that program ever struggled to replace quarterbacks? So um, I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to be necessarily vulnerable. It's really just going to be how much better are we? And that's what that game is going to be all about. We're going to lose, but – the way we lose is going to say a lot about how the rest of the season goes. And actually, does anyone think Mason Petrino isn't going to start this game? I'm Mason. Yeah, I, I feel like Mason will definitely get the initial nod. Uh, Martin, who you got? I think Eastern's going to win, but I think it's only going to be by maybe seven or ten points this game. I think if they play well, we can maybe take something from it, but I think they're going to Eastern's still going to win. Yeah, uh, I have this game marked down as pretty much the most important game of the season I think um, for where it's placed within our schedule and it being a rivalry game I think this this game sets the whole the tone for the whole season and it being in the Kibbe Dome on September 21st and Eastern Washington is coming right off of game at Jacksonville State which is I mean huge for them you know they have a lot invested in that game for nationally ranked but they're obviously not going to take Idaho lightly, but, you know, they might be a little bruised and beat up after going all the way down to Jacksonville and playing them there. For this game, I think because we're going to step up and be ready to go, um, I think we, we tune up with the first couple games of the season. I'm going to give us a win in the Kibbe Dome September 21st, and that sets the tone for the rest of the season, and we continue to push up and, and hopefully establish ourselves in the big sky. TJ, yeah. all right. Cornerstool okay. takes are supposed to be at the end of the podcast, hey, TJ. We're going through. But is it a cornerstool take if I agree with nice. you? <laughs> oh, Eastern my Washington, like you nailed it. It's mm-hmm. like we, we didn't exchange notes, but it's like we exchanged notes. They have a huge game <laughs> down in the south against Jacksonville State, one of the other top premier teams in the FCS. And then they're going to go back on the road against us. They also only have five home games, so they're very road-heavy. I know it's early in the season. Idaho said that this game left the most amount of disdain in their mouth from last season. These guys want it. And uh, Paul Petrino talked about it. Lloyd Hatower, Noah Johnson, they talked about it. Eastern was the game that they were the most upset about last year. We've got them in the Dome. Last time we had them in the Dome, they beat us. There's some animosity there. I think we get this one. I think it's a letdown for Eastern. Luckily for them, it's not in conference also. So I think for that, they're going to be a little bit more wary too because they'll have conference schedule starting next year, and their eye is obviously on securing a playoff seed by winning the conference. I think this could be easily could be a slip-up game for Eastern, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we pulled this one out. I don't think it's going to be easy by any means. It's going to be back and forth, maybe a Cade Coffee. Uh, but, yeah, I'm also with TJ on this one, and I'm, I'm going to take a Idaho W on it. And not just to be a homer. Uh, Brian Marceau is going to, what most people would say, come back to reality. He says we lose, but by no less than 14. <laughs> Eastern Washington is the class of the big sky. Barf. Uh, they have a top offense, top defense. Idaho lacks the firepower to compete. East, once again, forgetting about Nikhil Nair. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> on to the next one. That puts us in the conference play now. And let me put it this way. You guys have us have one win through conference play so far other than T- or before conference play. So we're going to need a real good end of the schedule here if we got any hope of making the playoffs. Northern Colorado, we're back in big-time altitude. Sean, are we going to be able to pull it off in Greeley? Oh, by the way, that one is at noon, uh, also televised on 11 Sports and Pluto TV. Uh, that's actually 3 a.m. in Taiwan. Thank you very oh, much. Um, I'll leave I think, the Taiwan uh, times uh, to you. There are, they're indoors, right? 
No, they're outdoors. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. outdoors? Okay. Well, they're also just not very good. Um, they were very bad last season. Uh, people think they're going to be uh, very bad this season. So I think that not only is this going to be a win, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, I, I think really what I'm counting on this season actually is just a, our defense cannot be any worse than it was last season. Our ability to defend deep balls cannot be worse than it was last season. And I know, I know Paul Petrino is, is when there is a huge weakness on this team, he really devotes a lot of energy to fixing it. And I think that's going to show in that opener at Northern Colorado, we are going to win by a couple touchdowns. Uh, and, and we're going to, we're going to come back home the next week feeling good. Are you agreeing with Sean? You guys have not differed on opinion yet this entire podcast. I agree with Sean. I think, I think Idaho will go That's out right. and want to, want to prove something. And I think they're going to just think they're with the high altitude. Maybe they'll start running the ball a little more that game. I win by uh, 24 points. 24 Establish points. the run. I like how you think in high altitude we're going to run the ball. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that's like the only time Mason Petrino might be able to get the ball past the 20 because it yeah. flies far. <laughs> just throw it up. <laughs> T, that's assuming we think Mason Petrino will still be the starter. Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, uh, TJ. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher game to get up for uh, for some of our players. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Northern Colorado's kind of set up with their field. Uh, it's a grass field with very small bleachers, you know, kind of off to the side of their campus and – it's. It, I think we're going to win, but I think it's going to be, be a little bit closer than we think. I think they're going to be ready to play us at home, um, but we come out with a win on that grass field. All right, TJ, moving us into a winning record at 3-2. Mm-hmm. and two. Greeley, Colorado, high altitude, grass field. As my favorite coach in the big sky, Jeff Choate, would say, this is a bring-your-own-energy game. We're coming off that big upset at Eastern Washington last week. This is going to be a letdown. I hate to say it. I think Northern Colorado is not nearly as bad as everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But Jacob Nip coming back for his freaking doctorate, uh, I think they have a NFL five-year starting quarterback. He's like 29 playing quarterback. Uh, I think they have the experience. They've done a good job recruiting. Now I don't think they're going to finish really high in the big sky. But I think they're maybe like the Idaho State this year. Ah, that's They won't even be like that. But they'll be a lot better. They're not going to be a defaulter last place like they have been. Idaho, I don't think, wakes up for this game. Uh, just too low of energy. Uh, it's our first real like road game that we have a real we should win. And I think we go 0-3 on the road. So I'm giving us a, a nice road L on this one. Brian, is that you? <laughs> no, Brian says we win by about 10. One of the most important games for Idaho. This will be a must win. We will see how real our defense is versus UNC. He should work on the Vegas line. Like he's got all these 10s, 6s, over under. We have a betting thing coming out for the Big Sky Podcast Network, and there he did not want to be a part of it. Oh, huh. uh, we, I thought this was homecoming. It's not homecoming. Mm. Weber State, speaking of which, side note, I hate how the Big Sky has noon kickoffs. Frickin' hate it. Anyways, Weber State, this time is to be decided. Uh, this one will be on SWX and Pluto TV. Sean, we're back in the dome. You think we just pulled off a W against Northern Colorado? How are we going to do against the uh, third place? How do you view it? Second, third place team in the Big Sky last year? 
depending on if you count the tie for first. Not going to win, but I think we are going to play well enough. And this is just going. This is honestly just going to be a theme with me for a lot of these games, because I mean, the number of times last season where we just looks like we did not belong on the field with the opponent was really embarrassing. So just for me, like, I think we're going to lose. I think just Weber State is just a better football program right now at this moment in time. But we're going to play well enough where it's like, okay, we're going to beat Portland State next week. So um, we're going to lose. All right, that's a big L out of Sean against Weber State. Martin? Idaho is going to be – I think this Weber State game is going to be like the uh, North Dakota game last year. Like they were down going into the fourth quarter, but somehow they pulled the win out at the – they pulled the win out, and they're going to beat Barbecue State by a, by a touchdown. Barbecue State. Barbecue State. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> T-shirt. TJ, is that T-shirt worthy, and who do you have winning? Um, I'm going to go with the other WSU taking the win, and that's taking the L in this one. I think they know how to play in these games, these situations. Um, like Sean said, they have a really good program and a lot of good athletes, and they're going to come out flying around the Kibbe Dome and get up for that game. So I'm going to give it to uh, Weber State in this one. Um, I'm going to agree with – oh, wait, Martin, did you pick them to win? Yeah, I picked them. I picked a. Actually, I picked Idaho to win that by a touchdown. Sorry, I picked you for an L. And I was about to say, I agree with Martin. I think we're going to win this one. Last year, we did incredibly good at home, other than the last game of the year against Montana. Like Martin touched on, we beat North Dakota, a game that nobody thought we would win. Uh, even the Southern Utah game last year, we people thought was going to be bad, and we pretty well handed, handed them. We handled Portland State, who ended up going on the road and beating Montana like two weeks later. I, we're, we're a better home team. I think after the Eastern Washington win, some people will be looking to get tickets. Weaver State is a part of that three-plan pack that they're selling. I think we pull out the W against Weaver State. I know a lot of people think that's weird because Weaver State's this consistent team in the big sky, but I honestly don't think we're that far off. We'll get into all that later. Uh, Brian, however, does have us losing by one score. Weaver is a much better matchup for Idaho. Then Eastern Washington, similar to Montana State last year. Weber's inability to score will keep the game close, but he does have Idaho losing. Brian's six and a half points. All right, speaking of I brought up Portland State, yeah. now we're down in the beautiful city of Port Hillsboro at the Hillsboro Stadium. <laughs> um, that game is also to be decided as of now. It will also be televised on the beautiful Pluto TV. Uh, Sean, how are we going to do against the Vikings this year? At the, was it, Hillsborough County Stadium? or Hillsborough what, what? Sporting Complex. The Hillsborough Hops. It's a high school stadium, right? It's a minor league baseball. I think it's like a, oh. I think it's like an all think... it, It's like Starfire yeah. for Seattle <laughs> area people. <laughs> okay, um. I think we're going to win, and, and and the reason for this is just the way that we match up with them defensively and offensively. Like uh, uh, Bruce Barnum, Barney Ball, uh, they don't like to throw the football a lot. Um, their quarterbacks are going to be very mobile. I mean, of course, that will give us some problems. But, I mean, if, you, if you're not going to hit big passes, big plays on us, you know, I think we can slow down the game and, and – you know, always feel like we're going to be in it. And uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think they're going to be really bad. And I think they've recruited pretty well. I, and I think Bruce Barnum's a good coach. 
Um, but I just think it's a good matchup for us, and we're going to go down there and get a big road win. Big road win. Martin, agree? Yeah, I'm going to go with the win, too. I think last year they just – they they run a triple option, right? I wonder if I remember that correctly or no. some variation of no, that. No, 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 no. They're, they're a very spread it out kind of team. Okay. Who was yeah, the, spread it out, but they, they do a lot of, like, quarterback run. So they spread okay. it out, but a lot of options for the quarterback to just take it and run one read, okay. go run. Yeah, they're Chris Peterson sneaky. They like to run all those stupid gadget trick plays and all okay. that BS. Shaq, think... excuse me. Yeah, I think it's going to – I think Idaho will win comfortably this game. I I feel like – I just yeah, I just think they're going to – they're going to handle Portland State and keep them normal. Yeah, I'm, uh, I would love to see them go get a win in that stupid soccer stadium that they used to play in down there. Um, I think that would fire them up a little bit more. They'd feel my energy to go beat them in that soccer stadium. Um, but we still come out with a win down in Portland, Hillsboro. agree with it, TJ and the fact that I do wish this was being played in Providence Park because I think it's a beautiful stadium. I don't like the team that tenants it most of the time, but the stadium itself is nice. I do think can we can build a nice little bonfire there. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge bonfire. I heard Vikings were very well known for their bonfires. But uh, Hillsborough High, much or Hillsborough, whatever, Majigget, if we put some bleachers up around some grass fields, is much like Greeley, Colorado. And we know how I feel about bring your own energy games. But we learn our lesson in Greeley. We smoke the Vikings. I wouldn't be surprised if we win this one like 50 to 11 or some ridiculous scoreline that shouldn't actually ever be realistic. Brian does, uh, he has the spread at 10. Uh, an Idaho win. Portland State looks much better than last year after the second half versus Idaho. But a stronger Idaho defense this year will give us a repeat W. So that has Brian giving us a win. Man, we got a couple of win streaks now predicted. Idaho State. This is homecoming. It's yeah, it is. Battle of the Domes. It's revenge. It's that team that we should never have lost to, according to Sean Kramer last year. And we did in year one, 2.30 Pacific time. That's 6.30 Taiwan time, a.m.? Uh, yes, and I will be up for it because what happened last year is just as as an alum, as someone who just loves this university and, and, and the fact that we should own this state in all facets, that game was just so unacceptable on, on so many levels. And I respect that Idaho State is, you know, they, they, they're building a competitive, decent program there. You know, um, you know, they had my great granddad jerry kramer no just kidding oh, what was his name mike kramer mike yeah kramer. no relations no wish relations. it was jerry uh, kramer <laughs> um it's at home it's got you said this is the homecoming game yeah it's homecoming yeah. we never lose. zero zero excuses not to win this game vandals need to come from all parts of the western u.s from all over the world to pack that dome and win that game because and at my schedule right now i think i would have us at three and four but at uh, what's the Big Sky record? Two and one in Big Sky. Like imagine if we came into that game two and one in Big Sky, we win that on homecoming. We're three and one. Yeah, we're looking good. Like this, that's sure. building something. So not only is it just for 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 you know state prize, state rivalry. Like this could be a massive turning point game for our program for this football program. And I, I know Idaho State's lost lost 
you know, lost some guys. They um, lost they're, a lot. Yeah, and, and so they're they're isn't, a little lower. Isn't Gunner look? Isn't Gunner looking? Gunner he balance to the quarterback. Yeah. 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 He, but he, but to put it in perspective, he hasn't been named the starter yet, so he hasn't even beaten out whoever the next guy is, and this is the same guy that couldn't beat out Mason Petrino. So in a way, no matter what, we have a better quarterback. So. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, if, if they're also struggling at the quarterback position, I mean, we have to win that game on so many levels. And, and I think we will. If if what I'm predicting is correct, if we can go uh, to northern Colorado, get a win. If we go to Portland State, get a win. Like, you know, if we're competitive against Eastern, I think there's no reason why we shouldn't be Idaho State. And just, man, we have to. We, we, we have to. Um, that's a win. Uh, that's a W that gets you. Oh, I'm smelling a streak out of Sean. That's two wins in a row. It brings us four and four. Martin, what are we going to do against those pesky Bengals? I think they're going to beat him by 40. I think Paul Petrino is going to want to just beat them down and just beat them like how they beat us down in Pocatello. Let's go, baby. <laughs> just, I think he, if, just for, just to get them motivated, you should just be playing that, the ISU game the entire week. Cause that should not have happened. It's gonna. They are just. I just want Idaho. Idaho to beat down ISU so bad after what happened last year. Yeah, I mean, I, this one's a tough one to to call. I think there's gonna be a lot to look at come the week of homecoming and and kind of assess where their team's at and and how the Vandals are looking after those you know the first half of the season. This is the game that I want to win the most. Like I think it it pains me. To not have this, you know, bragging rights and, and own the state battle of the domes. Um, I'm gonna go with a win. It's it'll it'll be a little bit different. I think when we assess the week of, I'm gonna go with a win, and this is the game I want the most this year. Whoa, breaking into another segment again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to also take the W. I do want to specify when this game rolls around. Brian and I have an interview with Roy Fe- uh, Rob Fennessy. Uh, there are two players that were there. Um, including the Geller brother and the other, the tight end or wide receiver that was pretty good, who actually has been to Idaho. The King Spud Trophy has gained favor from both sides of the aisle, and Idaho State's SID is looking into it. So, Wax Party Pants, I'm looking at you. Uh, Why are you teasing him like that? No, I'm telling you, wait wait till Idaho State rolls around. When we showed a couple coaches – uh, Bobby Hout got brought over, and he thought it was. I'm just saying it, it created some media buzz at media days. And Rob Fennessy, for those of you who have never watched an interview, is Rob Akey. I swear to God, he just lost some weight, shaved off the mustache. He's uh, how y'all doing today? They're the same right. flipping person that he come loves. back for the second half. He loves. You got any questions? You want me to just start talking? Yeah. Watch the second half. You're gonna love it. All right, and then uh, so I got to win. I got to win as well. That has a couple of us at five and three. Is Brian going to also predict the win against Idaho State? He says win by one score. No one knows what ISU's offense will look like, but expect it to be a little worse than last year. This might be the second most important game of the year for Idaho. So six and a half is the spread again, according to Brian. And Brian, I know what Idaho State's offense is going to look like. They lost James Madison and their starting quarterback. And they had Gunnar Amos throwing the rock. It's going to look bad. All right, Cal Poly, though, it's easy to talk trash when he can't defend himself. Mm. You're going to get some hate mail from Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I can't, though, because I'm the biggest Chad Challenge fan in the world. I'm in, uh, they can't. 
Ooh, Deion Watson, that's our boy. Yeah, Deion, Deion, Chad Challenge. They don't mess with Chatty Cheddar. They like Chad more than like Gunner. Uh, Cal Poly. Now we have the triple option team coming into the dome to be decided on Pluto. Sean, I think at home, I think their style of offense. Um, you know, I, I I think it's going to be a win, but I but I I'm a little nervous though because I see I, I looked at their you know their scores last year. Some games they score 10 points, and then some games in conference, you know, they put up like in the 40s. So it's just, it just it just depends. And and we've seen with this with this with this Idaho defense, like if you hit some big plays early, running or passing, like man, you can open up the floodgates on Idaho real fast. So it's just the first quarter is going to be so important. But I think I think we will play the run really well. I think we'll make that. Um, a strength this season. I, I think we'll have a good front seven. I think we'll pull out a win, but it's going to look real. It's going to look more difficult than it should be. But we'll we'll, we'll pull it out. Martin, I I think this is going to be the coming out party for Noah and uh, who's the other new guy they just got Juco. They got Jonah Kim. I think they are going. To, I think Idaho is going to win, and they will hold Cal Poly to less than a hundred yards rushing. The anti-Brian. TJ? Yeah, this isn't a B-Y-O-E game. This is a K-Y-R game. Know your role. And I know know a certain... (laughs) TJ's a coach. Yeah, let's go. Because I know a certain coach who is the new linebackers coach for University of Idaho Vandals, Jamie Schultz, who will be fully prepared to take on this offense. Every guy will have their assignment locked up, and the Vandals pull out with a w- pull out a win at the Kibbe Dome. But I'm also excited for next year when we go to Cal Poly because we're definitely going to that game. Uh, I I have to agree with TJ on this one. That Cal Poly is probably other than Montana, Montana State, the team I'm most excited to visit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that stadium is beautiful. <laughs> that town is fantastic. The, the, the stadium is beautiful or the, the, stadium the scenery? Is, no, the no. <laughs> stadium itself is pretty picturesque. It, it has palm trees surrounding yeah, it, it, the whole thing. It's like if you took San Jose, <laughs> what they tried to do with like the wear a Greek Coliseum thing, but like they did it right. Yeah. Uh, it's I challenge anyone. It's, it's okay. It's I, I know it's what you guys are really saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're there for the sun. November. The drinks. November in Moscow compared to November yeah, in exactly. But I'm also going to say we're Cal Poly's triple option is not better than Georgia Southern's triple option. It's not like we haven't seen the triple option before. We beat, what was it, Wofford or – we beat Wofford by three. Yeah. yeah. Texas Texas State did it to us one year. Yeah, we beat and, them. and Wofford is a better triple option team than Cal Poly. So I'm not worried. If we can beat Wofford on a year where they were really good, and we can beat flipping Georgia Southern, who's one of the top teams in the FCS of all time, I'm not worried about a little Cal Poly. I'll predict a W as well. Uh, Brian, dun, 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 the wild card has us at... He has predicted the score. We will win by 10. Cal Poly is a good matchup for Idaho because they cannot put up points in a hurry. That brings us to... (coughs) I had to clear my throat. What's this game called? I believe it's the Little Brown Stein. Oh, it's the Little Brown Stein. We are on our way to Montana where the men are men, the women are men, and the sheep run scared. This game will kick (laughs) off at noon on Root Sports. Sean... Who are you taking? 
I think you just pissed off a couple allies of the oh, of the podcast, and I love you for it. They don't like us, anyways. <laughs> like this is gonna be an intense game, uh, and I think. Well, so if I my predictions are correct, we're four and one in conference play, which you According know gives to us you, a little, yes, yeah, which which gives us would give us a little attention, or even if we're three and two in conference play, you know we'd still be feeling really good about that, right? But I think you know Montana's gonna have a, a, a lot more to play for. Uh, that's gonna be our first time, you know, and for you know for this modern program to play in that environment, it's gonna be a lot, and I think Montana's gonna come to play. Like I think. They want to do to us every year what they did to us last year. And uh, I think we're going to be competitive. We're going to throw some punches, but it's, it's going to be Montana's day. All right. Martin, should I even ask you? I believe last year you said you'd never pick Montana. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be – I am like to think of myself gun. as the Idaho homer, like the, maybe the Idaho – like I'd, the you softy to, equivalent of Idaho. Band, baby. Give, me, band, give, me, baby. Give, me that, give me that Idaho W. Idaho W. All right. Well, Martin has us rolling. We'd be like a top 15 team if Martin predicts us, right? Uh, <laughs> TJ, Little Brownstein in Missoula. Yeah, Grid Stadium is going to be rocking for that. And I think with the way that they showed up last year where, I mean, we had the QB Dome filled out and we thought we were going to be rocking, um, they know how to get up for these games. They This is their game. It's, you know, a, a rivalry Big Sky game is what they love to play in. And I think they'll come out. Fire it up at home, and, and I think Montana will get the win. It's a Montana win. I am going to have to agree with you, unfortunately. Sorry, Martin. I think we we use up our upset against Eastern and Weber. I can't just pick us to beat everybody. Washington Grizz is probably the toughest place to play in the country, other than maybe the Fargo Dome. Different thing to be argued there. I, I think we lose. I think we do better than last year, and I think we start to level the playing field and really take a step up in the big sky. For fun fact, FCS Fans Nation did a fan poll on this. Uh, top rivalries, they did like a whole bracket. Uh, I also noticed, and maybe we'll get a response on this. I'll call them out right now. When Idaho, because they like to say it's ran by a lot of Eastern folk, that the Grizz and Vandal fans said that Montana and Idaho was a bigger rivalry than Eastern Washington and Montana, they conveniently quit asking the poll. So Montana views it a rivalry. Idaho views it our biggest rival in the FCS. Uh, I think that uh, we're not quite to the level of Montana hating us yet. So I think we do lose this one. Brian is a Montana homer, and he sticks to that and has lost by no less than 14, though. Uh, Montana killed us at home last year, and they return almost everyone. Brian keeping us at 500, just what he does. Uh, Sac State, the return of 2016, the game that uh, – or no, that was – sorry. 2017. 16 was Montana State. Uh, Sac State, it's senior night, uh, also known as Dad's Weekend. Uh, no, family Weekend. No, Dad's Weekend. <laughs> to be determined on SWX or Pluto TV. Sean? Uh, yes, we are going to win on senior day. Again, like it's – I think it's just – offensive matchups like do they have a quarterback down there yet i don't know maybe you guys would know better than me but i mean based on what i've seen last year they can't throw the ball right no and uh kyler neal did a power rankings of the big sky quarterbacks put sac state's quarterback last and he got added by like the entire sac state team about how... <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, 
here, here, here's there, there are two guys that threw the football last year. They had 247 attempts, just over 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions, and they were sacked 22 times. I mean, okay, yeah, they can move it a little bit, but there's no big play threat there. You know, they they could run the football last year. Again, I think it's just if if teams can't go deep on us, we can compete with them. And that was that we saw that last year as well. And you know, this game's at home. I think we beat Sac State at home two years ago, our last season in yeah, FBS. That was a fairly great. easy win. Um, so I, I I think yeah, I would have us moving to five and two in Big Sky play and sending the seniors out right. All right, Martin, uh, you sticking with Sean? Yeah, I think they're going to win. I think they'll win by 13, and they'll send the seniors out on a winning note in the Kibbe Dome. I like it. Quick, easy, because we're starting to run long. TJ. Maybe that's the uh, first thing that we can message Terry about is switching it from family weekend back to dad's weekend. I mean, that's, that's – that, that, okay. There's distinct weekends. You know mom's weekend. It's not the same. Yeah, grateful <laughs> across. Um, but, yeah, I think, the, I, I think we always play well on that dad's weekend senior night um, game, and I think we come out with a win in the Kibbe Dome. Uh, I am also going to take a win against Sac State. I don't think they're very good this year. So I'm going to take the Sac State L and the Idaho Vandal win. And what does Mr. Stats himself? Vegas. Uh, Mr. Vegas. Ve- Mr. Vegas. Uh, versus Sac State win. Toss up. So he's calling to pick them. Mm. Uh, we win <laughs> by a lot or lose by a lot. I, er- oh, I think he means error on the side of win. Okay. <laughs> So win, I guess, is what I'm going with. And then, hold on, let me read the novel. Sac State has lots of returning talent. What talent? That missed last year due to injury. Oh, that talent. And they will play a style that, when working, puts up points in a hurry. This is the best candidate for Idaho. Should win, but might lose. I still expect us to win, but it will be a much closer game on paper for me than I think it looks right now. But you said we'd win or lose by whatever. All right. We, so yes. the club would be nothing without Brian. <laughs> yep. He keeps his level. Northern Arizona. We're back in high altitude. Flagstaff, the Skywalk Up Dome. Sky, I don't know. I always think of, like, Skywalkers. But uh, Star Wars reference. Woo. This is a Star Wars podcast. At Northern Arizona, to be determined on NAU TV, CW Phoenix, because everybody gets those channels, Martin might, and Pluto TV. Sean, we're gonna beat the lumberjacks. This is gonna, yeah, this is gonna be like a really. Well, if if my predictions play out, we're gonna go in there five and two. So it's like, will six and two get you in the convo? Probably not, but it's also like really significant. But I think Northern Arizona will also be in a similar situation where this game probably matters to them. Um, I'm familiar with their quarterback because he used to be at the University of Washington, Daniel Bridge Gad. Um, I think he's got some talent, but he's not, again, like many of the other quarterbacks, he's not going to throw it all over the field against us. But I think just the fact that that's going to be on the road, we're going to lose a little close. And I also just think it would be ridiculous if I picked us to go six and two in conference. So I think this would be a, this would be a game that would make sense that we would drop. Um, and so I would have us losing this, finishing six and six, five and three in big sky. All right, Martin, please pick me up from that. I think Idaho's going to win in the uh, Little Tacoma Dome. <laughs> Don't you dare insult the Tacoma Dome like that. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
sorry. <clears throat> Continue. That's it. Just they're going to win in the little Tacoma Dome. <laughs> oh, all right. Nice predicted win. In the... Martin, we'll get into that here in a second. Holy mackerel. TJ, how are we going to do in the little Tacoma Dome? I thought, we, I thought we ended the Dome talk about comparing all of them, but I do like that comment. That's pretty good. Um, can't wait to watch this game on the CW Phoenix. <laughs> I don't know how I get it, but it sounds cool. Um, I think this is one of the top tier teams in the big sky, and they're going to show it that week, kind of ending up the season, and it will be a loss for the Vandals. TJ predicting the big fat L. I'm going to be watching on NAU TV. There you go. My <laughs> channel of choice. Case Cook is probably voted by Athlon or Street and Smith. I forget. One of these two magazines I picked up. It's a top big uh, or pearl prospect in the big sky. God, the guy's kind of like Jacob Nitt for Northern Colorado. He's been, God, it's like seventh year. He slings the rock. He's healthy at this point. We lose. If he's not healthy, I think we win. Uh, unfortunately, he's never proved to me that he can be healthy. Last game of the year, I'm going to take a Vandal W. All right. And then what does Brian Marceau say? Brian Marceau, Northern Arizona, lost by one score. If Case Cookis looks like the player he was as a freshman, he won freshman player of the year, uh, NAU rolls. If Case Cookis looks closer to the player we saw as a junior, this is a toss-up. I'm splitting the difference and saying NAU's passing is too much for us. Yeah, we have Satchel Enchilada. We have Satchel. Uh, but he's predicting the L. So that brings everybody's records. Sean has us at a nice, cool 500. Two FBS games really don't help. Uh, Martin, 9-3. and three. Woo! <laughs> Throwback to last year. <laughs> with, yep. with those two, the only FCS team you saw us losing to, whoa, God, what is that? That's weak. Eastern. No, Eastern. Eastern yeah. So you have us going undefeated in conference play, losing to Ooh, Eastern, to Penn State, and Wyoming. So you have us winning the conference and uh, going to the playoffs probably as a seed. <laughs> hot take hot take uh i like it though uh parlays in, it parlays into my uh, my corner still take maybe yeah. <laughs> tj passes at seven and five solid record can't complain about that uh it sucks having once again those two fps games uh i have us at eight and four which i think would make us the playoff team and then brian has us at a cool six and six uh, so yeah. sean and brian seem to agree on did you well, yeah agree we're the on, smart one you guys agreed on every game yeah Every single game. Yeah, we're, we're the smart ones. <laughs> you, we will see at the end of the season. It's almost that like you guys week. worked with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you guys work together. Um, Argonauts. Argonauts. All right, so not I, I send out outlines. I change outlines. I want to know your guys' away game you have to see this year. If you could, Ooh. Sean, I understand that you're probably not making any flights out here to go to Greeley. If anybody Colorado. wants to, you know, uh, just <laughs> Venmo me some. Montucky, we need another sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so away game you want to see, game you're most excited for, TJ. Oh, um, I already said the one I'm most excited for, um, that homecoming versus ISU. I mean, it's just that's the rivalry game out of the big sky that I think, you know, kind of just gets your insides turning, like with – anxiety and excitement so that's um yeah you know you know how i handle those games so um that's the game the home game i'm most excited for if i could go to an away game i honestly think i would go check out hillsborough and see how they look down there um obviously it's an easy trip for us 
because we can drive right down there from Seattle. But um, I think that would be a cool game to go to. And then Little Brown Stein. Sorry about picking two. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> Martin, game to go to, game you're most excited for. Are we doing both home and away or just either or? Uh, I want to know away game to go to and then game you're most excited for. The away game, I, if I could go to a game, if I could go to any away game, I'd choose NAU just because it's Cause final game of the year and it could, as according to my predictions, could maybe determine if we win the conference or not. What? If I got, if like the, most, the game, other game I'm most excited for, I'd say Weber State just because I've, they've been like most, they've been consistent in the big sky of why I want to see them play at home in the Kibbe Dome. Well, I think the game that I'm personally most excited for is the at Northern Colorado because that'll be the start of Big Sky play, and I'm 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 just worried that if our football program is just stays down, that there's just going to be a lot of emotional disconnect, and and so I think this is a really important game that if we can win the Big Sky opener and just be like, okay, the season's going to be worth it, you know, and we, I think we really need that. Uh, in terms of away game that I would go to, I mean, it's not going to be a game, but I mean, go to Penn State because it's, it, it's Penn you. State. Like, like, like their 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 environment. Like, I think if there's any positive to pay, pay, playing these body bag games, is you get to go wear your vandal stuff and hang out, and you know you're going to lose anyway. So who cares? Just get drunk and have fun. How much are they paying us for this game? Does anybody remember the how much their Penn State's paying us? I think they're still paying the FBS level payout because they didn't have a clause in the contract for when we dropped. LSU did, so they were able to get out of that game. But uh, I think they're paying us a million dollars. They are. Okay. They, uh, them and Florida last year, which was weird because it was a return trip, um, they get accounted as an FBS win, which is why they pay us as an FBS squad. So when they're getting like – playoff committee selection the uh, they'll consider that they beat like an independent fbs idaho was the deal with all everybody that had us scheduled at the time of the drop some schools got out of it some schools were like great i put i'll pay a million dollars to play a team that just lost 35 or whatever scholarships so i'm with sean i don't know how you don't say penn state everybody else in the big sky were eventually gonna play so i mean it's either that or you know uh Wyoming, which I'm going to, but because I'm going to Wyoming, I would say I want to go to Penn State um, because I don't know. Like I said earlier, I hope we start playing more competitive Mountain West teams, and I've been to all the major Pac-12 schools out this way, so I want to go to one of these big schools that I might hopefully never get to see play again because we only play Nevada, San Jose State, and et cetera. Game I'm most excited for, Little Brown. St ah, scratch that. Eastern Washington. I can't wait to see us pull that upset off in the dome. I have what are our expectations for the season. Because of the hashtag AskTTCs we got, I'm going to move that to just like our closing points. Um, and we are running a little low or a little long on time, so we'll try to start speeding it up. But, hey, it's a preview. We, we got a lot to cover before we have our How to Beat Penn State episode next week. Corner stool takes. Brian is not on. TJ, that makes you Nick. All right. On the spot, I feel like I've already I've already fired off on some takes. Um, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep the Mason one, and I'm gonna say Cade Coffee has more field goals than any FCS or FBS kicker in the country this year. Bang, <laughs> bang, mm -hmm. uh, Martin, bang. corner stool take. Can I say two? <laughs> corner stools take or okay. Taste. So I think 
Chris, you're gonna like this one. Ooh, I like. I think Nikhil Nair leads them on a Matt Lenahan like season, like he had Woo! the year they went to the bowl game, and uh, the Big Sky gets uh, six teams in the playoffs. If that's okay to add that one in. They went out. I believe I said that on the last podcast. So I'm in. Shh. I have myself next. Corner stool take. Wow, you took both mine, Martin. Uh, Sean, can you go so I can think of one? I'm gonna say Colton Richardson catches a pass this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colton, Colton Chips and Who doesn't want to see that? All right, I want to to it as tight end, as wide receiver, as a running back, and a fullback. Or does he like Brett Favre one catches his own deflection and takes trick a pass? Touchdown? Yeah, trick pass. He, he lines up with Mason Petrino, like two quarterback formation. Nobody knows who's getting a snap. Mason gets the snap, and then Colton runs like a. Like a was a running back go route, like a fly route, a wheel route, and then he just catches it on the run. Touchdown, oh, Vandals, big buy, sexy. He does I'd a belly roll. Di- I'd buy him dinner <laughs> if he did that. Uh, does the belly roll in the end zone? Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, I've that's got, what's gonna happen. I've got this. All right, I figured it out. I figured it out. One of those Missoula boys named Dante Olson led the nation in tackling last year. I think Christian Ellis does it this year. I like it. He led the team in tackles last year, and that was splitting it with his draft pick brother, Caden Ellis. Mm-hmm. I think Christian Ellis steps it up. We also lost uh, Ed Hall. He's got a lot of boots to fill. He's the quickest mover out there. Uh, we're playing what some would argue is a worse schedule than last year. I think Christian Ellis leads the nation in tackles this year. I'll stick to that as my corner stool take. Hashtag S-T-A-T-C. Um, where is, we have a new guy, uh, he might, all right, apologize if he's done it before, but I believe it's his first time he's asked us anyone. We have Dallas Hammer at Hammer Dallas, convenient, hashtag STATC, who is going to win the quarterback battle, who do you think should win the quarterback battle, and then he has two other ones, but we're going to stick to this. For what we're gonna allow him to ask. Four shout shout out to Dallas. He was a good good friend of mine when I was in the in the media industry in the inland northwest. He's right. a good dude. Perfect. I'm glad he's uh, given a hashtag STHCs. Someone has to take over in Brian's footsteps. Whack party <laughs> pants. Whoever you well, are. I can I, I can I can I can yeah, take it yeah, first. Yeah, you should. Uh, I mean I think Mason's going to win it. I mean I think Paul I don't wanna use the, the nepotism word it, Maybe it's not all that, but I think it's more just like Paul likes what he's comfortable with, and if you want him to change his mind, he absolutely has to be blown away. I, I think he thinks just Mason is like the safer option. Maybe he thinks Colton will make too many mistakes. Colton's not durable enough. Um, but, I mean, there's we all know that Mason can't open up the offense, but he, he does some things well. He's... I mean, he's a different player than I saw in high school. Like, he's definitely made so many strides, physical developments, you know, mental developments. Like, he's not a terrible quarterback. But, I mean, what, we, what we're looking for as Idaho fans, right, is, is we want that quarterback that'll do for us, like, what the Idaho State kid did or, or what the UC Davis kid is doing. Like, we want that quarterback, right? We want Maybe we just – yeah, yeah we, I mean, we want, we want 4,000 passing yards and, and, and you know – 40 points on the board every game. Maybe we don't have that guy on the roster now, and I think that's why he's sticking with Mason Petrino. Like, it's really up to Nikhil Nair to blow him away. Like, when Matt Lanahan came on, like, it it was no competition. He blew Chad Chalich away with his ability to, A, be mobile, C, get the ball down the field, 
you know, B, get the ball down the field, C, understand the offense. And so I think that's why Mason's going to get the rock. TJ? Yeah, well, if I go with my Chris Hammond, Nick Hilnair ticker. It, it <laughs> is who you think and who should. I know. I think you're at four Nick Hilnair callouts this podcast, which is, you know, I guess. <laughs> Nick, the, Nick Hilnair the tally. Yeah, I think you're about, you know, on par for that. We should keep that all season. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to agree with Sean with it on this one and go with Mason. Um, you're right that he can't as well open up the offense on the field, but I think what he really does for Paul and what he likes a lot is he opens up his playbook. I think there's a lot of different scenarios that he can work with, and confidence and you know body type is a big thing for him. And I think coming into this year, he'll have a little bit more of that confidence. He's seen a lot of these looks now. Um, you know, we'll probably run the read option a lot better, you know, short little passes to move down the field. Um, but he's he's consistent and he's confident, which which is what we need, you know, especially rotating three quarterbacks in, you know, knowing that he can come in and, you know, chunk the chunk down the field to get us in the right position. Um, so I'm going to go with Mason just on the fact that he can open up that playbook and so many different options. And then, you know, coming into year two with the confidence, is, you know, even as, as the coach's son and, and being around the program for so long, I think that he'll be a good fit for this year. Martin? Who, who should and who will? Who will win? I think Mason will win. Just kind of like whatever. You, I don't want to repeat everything TJ and Sean have said, but I think Mason will win. But if who I who should win, if they want, like if he's saying he's confident, like I was going into the bowl year, I think Nikhil or Colton gives him that best shot. But I'd give the hand nod to I think who I want to win is Nikhil in there, just because I think he can do more than Colton or Mason. He has the ability to do more than Colton or Mason. I don't know if – I don't want to say this because it sounds awful. I don't think Mason will start at quarterback. Uh, like we said, the Eastern game is kind of when we're supposed to label the starting quarterback, so I'm going off that. I don't know how he survives Penn State and Wyoming. He got injured a couple of years ago since Washington. So – Fortunately, I think it gets one of those things where it is Colton's job week one, or, you know, Big Sky, it's not even Big Sky, against Eastern. I think Colton starts, and I think eventually Mason will get the job back because, unfortunately, I think Colton also has lacked some durability. I think Paul has pretty much showed that between Nate and Nikhil, he's going to wait. There's no reason for him to put either of these guys in harm's way now. Unfortunately, it feels like we're building towards the future. Better times are ahead. I think it's between Colton and it's between Mason. Well, you think they're the third and fourth best guys on the job or the first and second best guys on the job. Those are the two in it. And I think Penn State's big. Mason's my size. I, I wouldn't last, so... I'm going to think that by the time it comes around, Mason or uh, Colton starts. But then Mason's IQ and knowing of the offense is what's going to ride us through big sky play and get us. Those wins I had, we're not playing as many high-powered offenses, so we don't need the offense as open this year. Um, and it appears our running backs are taking some major steps forward. Second question, this is playing off of Lawrence's tweet from last week. Last year did not go how we expected what are your like expectations or what constitutes success for Idaho this year? So let's go with constitute success because we have expectations next. Oh, another thing. 
so I was at a party with my friend with some friends of mine and my friend when my one of my friends brought his girlfriend apparently she loves Montucky yeah Montucky's a freaking fantastic beer because he was like when I when I when I pulled it out of my backpack she was like oh somebody else likes Montucky too and I was like yeah yeah I still have your swag sitting on my table I need to mail that but sorry sorry no, I was really happy when Montucky started uh, just showing up everywhere around Seattle after yeah. I left Moscow too. King's Hardware. But it's, it's, it's the first place I it's, had it's it. It's on tap at the club now. Yeah, I don't know if it's on tap. Or they, but they have they, the cans. They sell it. Yeah, I know that when Mark found out it's on tap, he's been uh, wanting it. But Mark is just a shout out, Mark Trivelpiece, yeah. owner of the Corner Club, who has given us his blessing to use the namesake on this website and podcast and is just the most down-ass person in the entire Vandal sphere. And owns the best oh. bar in all the land. That's the Hell, best band all, yeah, the, all the land of frequency. CJ's? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> CJ's got rest, closed. Rest <laughs> in peace. Hold on. I, I, I got to do some Hail Marys for that yeah. one. Too, too much 7-Eleven. <laughs> they gave out too much booze for cheap. Yeah. Is everyone ready? We back. Everyone's yes. loose, loose goose. All right. So what are Sean? Let's start with you again. What constitutes success for Idaho this year? You have them at six and six. I mean, it, a lot of it is just how the game, games play out. Like, are we getting blown out? Do we look like we even belong in the conference? Does the program look like they care? Are they getting fans engaged? Like for me, I'm not gonna feel guilty that I basically checked out for the last five games last year i mean regardless of of you know the time difference it's like what what reason do i have to invest my time in in watching a program that's going nowhere i mean and and that that really kills me because of you know how in love i am with this athletic department and this vandal community and so for me what constitutes success is that that football team can play hard and win some important games or, you know, when we play Montana, Idaho State, or Eastern, we look like we belong on the field with them. We can win those games. Get me back engaged because I want to be. You know, I, I, I want to be so emotionally invested in this football program. So for me, what constitutes success is them competing and winning the games that they need to to, to get people back involved in this football program. Because I, I don't buy the whole, well, you know, people are just going to, be checked out forever when they go to the big sky no even the most staunch fbs supporters are gonna be with this team when they're good in the big sky what constant like was uh i think just being in competition like being realistic i think being in competition for the playoffs going into the final weeks i think is where i think they need to be Obviously, wins are important, and I, I think more as more of a football standpoint goes for this season. I mean, obviously, we always have a lot of discussions and questions about the offense, but you know, game to game, we also need more production out of our defense. It wasn't something that we talked about a lot last year, but we really didn't have any interceptions. We really didn't have any lot of turnovers. It, th- those games weren't fun to watch because we, you know, we ended up on offense for so long, and you know, and then our defense couldn't stop anyone. So. I think it's stepping it up on both sides of the ball, but you know our defense making plays, and that'll get us to win some games. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this one simple. We just need to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what constitutes success for me. Don't finish four and seven. You know, let's win some. Game. I know it starts difficult. We got two FBS teams on the schedule this year, both of which, like I said, one I think will win the Mountain West. One should be a competitor in the big college football playoff. 
So I get it, but I'd like to see 600 or 600, 500, at least six and six would constitute success for me. Uh, and that's a far cry from where I was this time a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, next segment, what are your expectations for the season? And take that as a very broad, that can be what, just take some time to explain Idaho football right now and what you want, I guess is where this question's going. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start with that. And I've been saying it, you know, for the last couple pods I've been on, but just become established in the big sky. I think that's step number one to, you know, getting our fan base back and, you know, making these games exciting is to get established in the big sky and hopefully become one of those top-tier teams that's always in the hunt to, for the playoffs. I think I said before, like I'm going to say it again, I think just being being in contention, fighting for playoffs, not like last year, you're like four and – four and five, four and six in the final weeks of the season, you're fighting for like that final, what could be the final fifth, fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth or sixth spot in the playoffs, maybe, or just something, just fighting for playoff position in the final weeks, not just laying on your backs, just kind of cruising to the end. Yeah. You know, um, I just want wins. I, I, yeah, I want wins. I, I want us to have a winning conference record. I, you know, I, I, I just, I want us to, to look like we belong in the Big Sky Conference. So for me, it's it's wins. Four and four, you know, I, I, I can live with it, um, you know. But if we can have a winning record with the schedule that we have, it's what we should do. It's what I expect. It's what I want. Mine's pretty simple, and I'm going to revert. I know I just said I'm a far cry from last year. We should be go back to the 80s and 90s. We should dominate. We have the highest paid flipping coach in the entire division. We have one of the best alumni in the entire division. It's time to start dominating. Start change the attitude around Vandal football. We have grown up in the last 10, 15, 20 years knowing us as losers that win occasionally. It's time to start realizing that we were winners that lost occasionally in the FCS, and there's no reason it should be any different now. To no offense to anybody in the FCS now, there are worse teams in the FCS now. Yes, there's North Dakota State and South Dakota State, uh, and Eastern's made some strides, but there's no App State. There's no Georgia Southern that used to run the thing. There's no Marshall. There's no reason that we shouldn't have been picked up right where we left off. I know there's talk like we talked about on the quarterback is the reason why, but I think it's more than just the quarterback. And I want the team to come in with how I said last year. Act like become the FBS team in the FCS. You still have the majority of that roster were FBS guys. Play like it. Play like every FCS game was a team you paid to come into your house and get an easy win. And it, I, I want us to have that mentality. I want to be a bully. I don't want to be this team that's like, oh, well, they're Idaho, and they thought they were hot shit, and then they got their teeth kicked in. Let's freaking show up because we have just as many draft picks as on more than most of these teams in the FCS in the last couple of years. Let's show it. Caden Ellis was the only guy in the big sky to get drafted last year. So – I want to see us start having let's freaking dominate mentality, but maybe less cocky than we came into it last year and more targeted focus is what I want to open see from the team. Anyways, next segment, TJ's, what are you calling? Wing this? corner. Wing corner. All right, and here's where, this is where this is going to happen, all right, because we've done it the last couple of podcasts without, with you and without you. Mm-hmm. What is this? 
Because, like, are we just going to talk about wings we had every week? Well, what if I don't now, have wings that week? Now we're just highlighting places that, especially week by week, when we have guests on. That are we ranking local. them? Well, we could go back eventually and talk about all the places we were, but I want But I've some, never been to Great Falls, Montana. I don't right, know. but you now know where the you know the best place to go. Um, but, you know, it could be personal. It could be someplace you want to try. I'd like to know from Sean Kramer, what's his wing situation like in Taiwan? Uh, there's actually a pretty dope spot called American Wild Wings there we go. in Taipei. <laughs> Not to be confused with Buffalo. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I watched it. I was like, "This is this? Like, oh, it can't be. No, it's just called American Wild Wings Cafe. And the chicken wings were actually not too bad. But then there's also like a very like fancy bistro place called Beeline by the A-Train. I have no idea where that name comes from. But I crap you not those were some of the greatest chicken wings i've ever had in my life like because like they use like a bigger section of the wing like the chicken wings are just like bigger and the sauce was good because they do like saucy like oily spicy stuff really well in asia and so you just combine that with chicken wings and it's better than you'd think it's pretty good i'm not i don't i don't miss b-dubs at all all right martin since you're more of an occasional podcaster, and I want to get a Moscow take before the season starts. Mm-hmm. We'll give you first take on Moscow wings. You're the first um, person to name your favorite Moscow wings. There we go. On um, the podcast. I, 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 I know this is going to sound – this is going to make me sound like a terrible person. You say Buffalo Wild Wings. Mingles. But I haven't I – haven't, I haven't had wings outside of Buffalo Wild Wings. What? I've never been. I haven't to be 100 percent honest. I have not been to the Ale House yet. Oh, I have not been anywhere else yet. You have a restaurant named Wingers. If I've been to Wingers, I don't remember it. But I that's the yeah. Oh, Martin. I feel terrible. This segment is not the old Wingers used to be start. where Buffalo Wild Wings is right now. Yeah. I think I've. Oh, I think I thought I have been there once and i had and like then, those super hot ones and i only made it through like half a basket they put wings in and then it's there they had the wingers is down there by the safeway now on the east side yeah. marketplace yeah yeah over yeah. by the, right, only, next the, the right next to the taco bell they're finally well and doesn't doesn't mingles have chicken wings too i'm gonna eventually let somebody talk I about think they do talk about uh, house wings and then i'll really open it up to <laughs> well we got all season that's I know. my whole point this is your segment i'm it. done with it are we I done with it? it that's exactly what i wanted you're gonna start running this <laughs> right. it's gonna go to tj's wing stop our wing corner right. and then it's that's, yours that's why people tune in right. so we're done we're done yeah. all right so we've moved on <laughs> all right closing the bar man that was a quick podcast that only lasted 80 some odd minutes thank you um everybody <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we'll be back in some form of the staff, as it's been every week, pretty much a revolving door on who's on, who's out, except you, you know, those with the most. Dis- One and only. But, uh, we'll be back for our secret preview on how the Idaho Vandals can beat Penn State. But a reminder to join FCS Fans Nation on Facebook, most importantly, because you want to join their F- – they also have a Twitter. You want to join their FCS Fans Nation Pick'em Challenge – um, they have like over $250 right now to give away if you win, which is pretty much, they pick like eight games every single year and, or every single week you put your picks in, you get points. They have a game of the week. If you pick that game, right, it's extra points, etc. You've all probably picked games before, so I don't need to explain too much, but I do need to explain the side bet. Let us know. We only had one person let us know so far. So between 
the staff and then the one person, you got a pretty good shot of winning a handful or a tub full <laughs> of tub tokens. So let sign up. Let us know. I'll verify with the FCS Fans Nation people. Top place Vandal at the end of the year will get a tub full of tub tokens to use however they would like. Mm-hmm. Maybe when their favorite staff members in the corner club, they buy them a tub with their tub tokens they got. Looking at you, Mitch. <laughs> Make sure you follow at Big Sky Podcast on Twitter. Uh, as you know, we're part of the Big Sky Podcast Network now, which is really starting to take off i think the first episode is going to be out here in the next couple weeks we have stuff all throughout the week so to make sure you don't miss that because we want you to have something big sky related every single week the tubs of the club staff is on it uh we just had the montana mint on you had kyler on last week for the fcs all those people that we've had on are a part of that so if you like when we have guests on that is pretty much what that entire podcast is is Big Sky guests. So go check that out. Uh, you can find it right here in your current podcast stream. So you don't need to go anywhere else to get the podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We yeah. got week one just, fun. just around the corner. Coming out August 29th, we'll have our preview. And then uh, I'll be watching. Uh, well, let's go. Uh, where, where's everyone going to be watching the game? And then what do they have going on in their life right now? And let's end with the Godfather. We'll start with TJ. Why are we watching the Penn State game? Yeah. Oh, um, I will be at Perea Bar and Grill down in Boise, um, taking a little Labor Day trip. Boise. Boise, yeah, BJSC. Yeah, I'll be down there for the game. And what's going on in life? I got a wedding that weekend. Shout out to Keaton Bryant and Chris Wood. Alehouse. Alehouse, former coworkers. And, yeah, I'll be at Perea. So if you're looking for me, Tecates and whiskey on me. Uh, I'll probably be watching it either some if there's a VSF thing in Moscow I'll probably be watching it there for the Penn State game if uh, anything else is going on in my life I got nothing really else if you want to follow me on Twitter at Hemi underscore 71 and watch me tweet about recruits watch me retweet a ton of recruiting stuff he is a recruiting coordinator or if anybody wants to play me in FIFA 19 right now before the new one comes out, follow me on Twitter at Hemi and DM me your <laughs> Xbox gamer tag if you have it. Oh, and play me Xbox. then, FIFA. You're dodging oh, bro, me. It's go- I it's see. It's going down. That's awesome. <laughs> I got you're, Xbox. You're dodging TJ now, <laughs> you Xboxer. I will be – luckily this game is at 12 – the Corner Club has the Big Ten Network, Martin. That was a – you had that one teed up. Yeah. Softball uh, uh, I will be in Dallas, Texas, actually watching the, I don't know, was it the Chick-fil-A or whatever the heck, Dallas kickoff game of Oregon versus Auburn. So luckily this game's at 1230, so I'll have plenty of time. I'll be with my family that's three vandals and then the one duck, which is why I'll be down there. So it should be fun. I don't know where we'll watch it, hopefully Texas barbecue. But uh, what's going on in my life? You guys in the podcast and Vandal football getting ready for a playoff. <laughs> I was talking to the listeners. Sean Kramer. Oh, yeah, we, we, we love you guys too. <laughs> Take it away. What's going on in the mysterious Godfather who hasn't been on a podcast in a year? Except for like, yeah. what, 37 seconds? For yeah, we, I tried to jump on the basketball one and uh, uh, technical issues. Um, so this, this game will kick off at 3.30 a.m., so Saturday night to Sunday morning, uh, I will be up for it. I'll have my dual computer situation because actually the Huskies are playing Eastern Washington at the same time. So I'm going to be watching both of those. I hate both of um, those teams. Yeah, go Huskies. 
Okay, to be fair to me, I did go to the Idaho at UW game fully in Idaho gear, right? I have my loyalties in check. You're not a Bronco fan, that's what you're saying. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. I I cheered for the Vandals at Husky Stadium. There you go. You know, it was easy easy to know what the result was going to be anyways. (laughs) Um, I'm starting at a new school uh, here in Taiwan teaching English to – bratty snobby 13 to 15 year olds so that's gonna be fun and uh hopefully 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 just investing more of my time into this vandal football team because i have high hopes for for president green um for for terry Golick and and hopefully for this football program um, can you teach your students the fight song yeah. oh my god it's yes. this a recording yeah. <laughs> Yes, we should. We should. We that should. will be okay. our new intro. How do you sell Idaho? ID. Yeah. <laughs> or the beer song. I guess they're 13. Yeah. They all sound like Todd. Like, well, Is there maybe. any beer in heaven? No, I'll have a quiz. Is there any yeah. beer in heaven? Yeah. No. Yeah. So what do you do? Which we drink it all here. <laughs> which teases up. Thank you for tuning in to the Idaho Vandal Preview Show. Make sure you check out next week. We start going weekly with our week one preview. And now... Martin, I'll let you have this after our band took some shots last week. And now, my favorite band, everybody's favorite band in all the land, to play us out with the beer song. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.